Uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Deb. I am a uh, co-pastor here at Acts, also the youth pastor here at Acts. Um, love doing youth ministry. Ministry is one of my um, great loves that I didn't really realize I loved until I started to follow after God. Then I realized this is my calling. So um, I'm also Cameron's mom, if you don't know that. Uh, Shelby's mom also. I always feel bad because I just said Cameron and I never say Shelby. So I have two kids, by the way. But um, I don't know, when you guys were here a couple weeks ago, if you joined us, uh, Cameron had mentioned the fact that me and John had just celebrated our 35th anniversary. Yeah, a lot of years. A lot of years. We actually dated about four or four and a half years before that. So it's been a lifetime, just about already. Um, But anybody that's out there that's been married, you know that marriage can be an interesting institution. Funny they use that word. Um, But it's actually a trial of patience and respect. But what it really is, it's this mutual give and take, this balance that you have in your relationship. You know, someone gives, someone takes. You hope someone's not taking more than they're giving. There's this whole balance and this shift. But you know what? Difficulties arise when that balance is off. You know, when it seems like someone is more of the taker and less the giver. Well, I am amazingly blessed when it comes to this because I can tell you, and I, I, I really do uh, talk about how great John is. John is that wonderful. Where honestly, he honestly does just about everything I ever ask him. He really is that good. He constantly gives to me over and over again. Um, I found, though, over the years that actually what's really interesting is I have more of the problem. Now, I know you're out there, you're like, oh, okay, you're just a taker. No, what, uh, you know... I, I actually, what happens is I actually give to John a lot. I actually have a hard time accepting John's help. It's not that I don't, he won't help me. It's not that I won't help him. It's just when John does something for me, a lot of times I struggle with asking John for help. I really have a problem with that. I, I really have a problem asking him to do little simple things for me. And I really always struggled and wondered why that is that I have such a hard time asking someone who's really been with me for 39 years How come I still, like, second-guess and think, should I ask him for this? Should I not ask him for this? Well, I've come from reading the book, I come to realize that um, the book, The Five Love Languages, that my love language is acts of service. So when I read this book, I realized that's why I feel the way I do. So when I ask, ask my husband for things, what I'm actually doing when I ask him to do something for me is I'm asking him to prove that he loves me. I'm saying, will you do this for me? And what it is, is it's totally risky because if he chooses not to do something for me, what it feels like is rejection. What it feels like is that he doesn't love me. So instead of asking my husband to do things for me, what a lot of times I do is I just keep doing things myself. You know, I'm one of those people that when groceries, you know, you carry them back to your car, I have fingers that are just about ready to fall off because I've got like 15 bags because, you know, I have to do it one trip. I don't know about you guys. I can't go back, you know, but I I will do that instead of asking John. Um, This morning, I actually had something I needed him to get, and I actually, in my mind, I will say, I wonder if I can ask John to do that. And I actually have to second guess and stop and think, well, maybe I shouldn't ask him now. Well, maybe I should ask him. Well, maybe I shouldn't ask him. He's busy. He's got a lot to do. And I I have this this dance that goes on in my head whether or not I can ask him to do simple tasks for me. So like I said, I'll carry in groceries myself and I'll move furniture myself. I mean, heavy furniture that when my husband, the one time I asked him for help, he's like, you move this all the time? 
because I don't know about you guys, but I change my furniture constantly because there's spiders. And you got to get rid of the spiders. Spiders make nests. If you move furniture, they don't make nests. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a whole plan up there. But I also, you know what I'll do is I'll stay up day and night, day and night, day and night, and I won't ask people for help. Because it's just too risky for me to ask for help. Because when I ask them, they're going to reject me. I also, when people show me love, I'm not a gift person. I appreciate gifts. I mean, if John got me a diamond, I wouldn't be like, no thanks, just do the you know, garbage. I wouldn't do that. But I actually really do appreciate when someone does something for me out of service. It actually registers more with me than it would a gift or other things. I always say talk is cheap. You know, words are nice, but show me that you love me. That's what I want. So many times, like I say, I'll just do things myself. And I've gotten better over the years. I think I've gotten better with John. And I think it's because John has really, truly proved to me over the years that he does love me so much that he wants to help me, that he wants to show his love for me by doing things. But I've even found that I even hardly ask my kids for doing things for me. I don't ask them. I think because there's some deep down like thing in my heart that's always so afraid that someone's going to tell me like through their actions because they, they won't, can't, don't help me that I feel unloved. Well, that book was eye-opening to me because I was like, whoa, I never realized I was so messed up. <laughs> I messed up, man. But, um, you know, the one thing that's really super interesting about my relationship and my family dynamics and the people that I come into contact with, even here at Axe, I've been asked so many times where people will say, why didn't you ask for help? I'm like, oh, it's so much deeper than just, I didn't want to ask you. <laughs> you guys don't even know. It's so much deeper than that. But the crazy thing about racial relationship with God, my Father in heaven, I have no struggle whatsoever with asking God for things. And I can just only thank God for that. I can so thank God for that because so many times I struggle in my earthly relationships, but I don't have that same problem when it comes to my faith and my relationship with my God, and he- my God the Father in heaven. I don't feel that way at all. From the very beginning, when I first came to know him, I actually had this really interesting relationship where I really felt like he loves me so much that he wants to help me. I just didn't have any doubts. And it's a crazy thing to think that because I grew up without a dad. I grew up without a dad in my life. He was never really around. He was an alcoholic. He wasn't part of my life. And so when my mom died when I was seven, I went to go live with my sister and my brother-in-law. My sister was 17 and my brother was 20. My brother-in-law was 20. So actually... I didn't have a lot of that male influence. I didn't have a lot of that security. I didn't have that comfort growing up. But there was just something that totally changed in my heart when I went up to receive Jesus Christ. When I came up to ask him for salvation and ask him to forgive me of my sins, it's like he took away all this hurt and pain. I didn't think I was going to cry today. But he changed things so much because I just had this openness to God. And God has this openness to me that he just proved so much he loved me. And he's there for me. So deep down, I just knew. I knew without a doubt that this was the God. This is the Father that I looked for my whole entire life. So out of that, I can't possibly not do enough for him. Not do enough not to serve him. I have to serve him because I know he loves me so much. And also, I've seen God come through with me in my relationship so many times where he has blessed me. He's come through. He's given me favor. He's done these great things for me. When I began to read the Bible, I saw that God was my father, that he loved me, 
And like I said, even though I labeled myself worthless, he just totally wiped that away. And he said, you're worthy of everything I could possibly do for you. You're worthy of it all. You know, I think that I've come to realize that God loves me so much that if he really wants me to have something, he will give it to me and he won't hold back at all. I love the songs that we sang today because I think it's, it's totally point on point, the things that we sang. The idea that God promises things to us and he will give them to us. That we just need to be grateful for the things that he does. So I don't struggle with asking God for things. In fact, I've asked him for some amazing things in my life. You know, I think that God has um, gone out of the way of the realm of the everyday. You know, you know, you pray for like, God, help me pay the bills. You know, or, you know, you're pulling up someplace. You're like, give me that great parking spot, God. <laughs> or you can't sleep, and it's like, God, help me. I need to go to sleep. I have insomnia. I need your help. But those little things, those everyday things, they've honestly paled in comparison to the things that I've asked him for to do in my life. I mean, he has just blessed me and come through for me so many things that I never would have ever imagined that God could do. When I've asked for things for my kids, he's come through. When I've asked for things for acts, he's come through. Well, I don't know if you struggle with this. I don't know if you struggle with asking God for things. Um, I'm thankful that God gave me that assuredness. I never had it in my earthly life, but I have it in my spiritual life. I don't know if you out there struggle with that. Or maybe you think that God doesn't care or you don't ask him. But the reason why I wanted to really speak this message and teach it is because I really think we're missing out. We're missing out so much on the things that we could ask God for. He wants to help us. He wants to show us that he loves us. But a lot of times what's only hindering our plans is us. It's us in the equation. He's just waiting. Well, let me explain it to you like this. When John and I had our kids, when we had Shelby and we had Cameron, we wanted to show our kids that we would be there for them no matter what. And like I said, we were young. I was 19 when I had Shelby and 22 when I had Cameron. But there was something deep down in my heart that I was just like, I always wanted to give them this security that I never had growing up. So thankfully I met a man who loved my, his, his kids as much as I love my kids. And he wanted to do the exact same thing. So we pretty much made a pact right on the beginning that, you know, it's going to be about the kids. We're going to pour into those kids. We're going to give them security. We're going to give them love. We're going to show them that we're going to be there for them no matter what. If they need us, it doesn't matter what time. If it's something that we can do for them, no matter what, we'll be there. We're always going to be there to show them that we love and care for them, that we just appreciate them so much in our life. And I think that's what we have to understand that God wants for us. You know, when God looks at us, he doesn't see just whoever. He sees a son or daughter. And he sees that person that's really insecure that maybe needs a little help to know that they're loved and that they're cared for. And you are his sons and daughters if you've accepted him as your savior. And he loves you as much as I love my kids. He loves my kids even more than I love my kids, which totally blows my mind because I can't possibly imagine that God could love them more. But you know one of the things that I want with my kids? I want my kids, even though I struggle to ask them, I want my kids to always ask me for help. I want them to know that we're there for them. And you know the thing, God has wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to ask him for things. He wants you to ask for things that are just extravagant. He wants to give you so many things and he's waiting but a lot of you guys are just silent, and you say nothing, and you never ask him for a thing. 
and you just continue soldiering on, and you're exhausted. You're exhausted in your walk. You don't know what to do with yourself. You just don't know what to, how to even get through the next day. And God instead wants you to ask him. And over the years, I've given my kids some extravagant gifts. You know, I've given them things that probably um, cost too much, probably have been there maybe a little even too much maybe. Sometimes people might have said, you know, maybe you made them a little too needy for you. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Son-in-law's heckling me down there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Matthew seven eleven says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, we love to give gifts to our kids. We love to be there for our kids. But God says if you sinful people can do this, how much more would our Heavenly Father want to give you? You know, I think that a lot of times we're just not asking, we're not even talking to God about our life. You know, I have a running dialogue with God. God's like, okay, here she goes again. You know, I literally talk to God all day long. I'm not kidding. I probably talk all day long. I get up, I'm like, God, thank you. Yesterday I got up and I said, thank you, God. There's no wind blowing outside. It's going to be a good day for hometown Halloween. It's going to be a good day where you don't have to chase everything down. It's a good day when you get up and you see somebody laying next to you that you love. You say, thank you. You know, when I can call my kids and I can have my daughter close now. Thank you. But there's been some extravagant things over the years that I've had to ask God for, and he has come through in so many ways. I'm just so amazed that he loves me so much. But again, how much are you asking him for? When's the last time you actually called out to God and said you needed his his help? Or did you sit there and keep trying to pay the bills and wonder how you're going to make it? Your relationships are struggling all around you. You're fighting more than you want to. Do you ever call out to him and say, God, I need your help? I need your help here. I ask that you help me have a heart that's more understanding. I, I ask that you can help my husband or my wife to understand me more. I ask, God, you can change my situation with my kids. If they're out of control, you can change the situation. The problem is what happens, guys, is we don't call God. We don't call him. You know, about a month ago, it was around 11 o'clock at night, and John and I were just about ready to go to bed. You know, we finally, that's about the time when John and I get ready for bed, is 11. I'm, the, our lives are usually pretty crazy. But it was about 11 o'clock at night. We had, you know, we sat down, we watched a quick little, uh, the Goldbergs. <laughs> you know, that I DVR'd, we're sitting there and just ready to go to sleep after watching one of them. And I saw my phone light up next to me on the table. And of course, it immediately says, Cameron. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? Because it's almost 11 o'clock. Well, he had come down here for a meeting, but he was going home that late at night because we keep a lot of weird hours at Axe. Um, but he was driving home, and he broke down on Route 52. So he was looking to get a hold of his dad to see if his dad could tow him back home. So immediately, what did John and I do? Immediately, we got dressed as fast as possible. Even though he's 31, I told him, don't talk to anybody on the road. Don't answer, the, don't answer anybody at the window. Now, there's so many times where I honestly have to say, Debbie, he's 31. Shut up. But Cameron humors me usually and just goes, okay, I won't. <laughs> but I'm telling him, don't talk to anybody. 
we both rushed over there, and I drove my car so I could follow behind because we knew we had to drive home, you know, together, and I had to follow him. But, you know, the interesting thing is we could not have helped Cameron had he not called us for help. He needed to call us. You know, if Cameron had come in that very next day to work, and he was just wiped out, exhausted, and I said, Cam, why are you so tired? And he said, you know, I broke down on Route 52, and I had to walk all the way home. Our first thought and our first thing we would say to him is, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? I would have helped you. I would have been there with you and helping you in a flash. You know, it's as simple as that with you and God. You just have to get to that point in your mind to understand that you have a God that just literally desires you to come closer, to talk to him. He wants to hear you. He wants to, to hear your thoughts and, and have you in his mind. He wants your, him in your mind. He wants your first thought when you're going through something to call out to him. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, man, male, female. It doesn't matter. He wants you to rely on him like he's your good father. If you have a relationship with God, you have a father in heaven that loves you as much as we love our children. You know, when he sees you doing things all the time on your own, things that he knows he could help you with, what he's saying is, why don't you call me? Why don't you call out to me? Why don't you ask me for the help? So I have a few verses that I want to actually read to you that talk about how he is a good father and how he wants to help us. And it's Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You know, people always mock. It's like, does God get up and does he want you to know if should I eat raisin bran? Should I have? You know what? God's not offended if you ask him what cereal to, make, to eat in the morning. He's truly not. He says, pray about everything. So if you want to do that, you can. He's probably like, it's okay. You can just eat whatever cereal. It's fine. But, but if you want to ask him, he's not offended. Luke eleven nine 9 says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. I want you to know you have a Father in heaven that it doesn't matter how many times you ask for the same thing, he never tunes you out. He never says, I know, I know, I know. You've said that before. His ears are always open. He always wants to hear you ask. You know, we don't know the timing of God. It could be that the time is right one day that you finally get what you've been asking for. Other things had to take place. Keep asking, don't give up. 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. God wants to give you great things. He's not a bad God that's like, no, no, you're going to be punished. You can't have that. God wants to give you good things. If you love him, he wants to shower you with blessings. He doesn't hold back at all. Our biggest problem, like I said, is that we aren't asking him for the things that we need. We're not asking him for the things that we desire. Those things that are deep down in your heart, the things that are your deepest desires, the things that you really hope could happen, relationships, people that you want to come to know Christ, those, those relationships that have, have splintered, all those different things he wants to help us with. But what is it that's stopping you from asking for more? And that's really what I wanted to go through. And I, hopefully you'll pinpoint one of these things maybe in your own personality, what it is that's actually stopping you from asking. 
when I go through these. One, it could be that we think our needs aren't that important enough to bother him with. Maybe you think he's God. You know, he has a lot more important things to do. You know, I've heard people say that before. You know, God's out there. He's trying to, like, ward off, you know, starvation and all these different things. You know, how does he care about my little pitiful needs? He's big enough to care about your pitiful needs. I want you to know. He cares enough about you to help you with everything. It doesn't matter. He will be helping those people that are praying and asking for food and dealing with hunger. But he also cares about whether or not you have a good day at work. He cares about your relationship. He cares whether or not you and your your spouse is getting along. He cares whether or not your kids are going the wrong direction. He cares. Maybe it is that you might think that if you ask for more, maybe if you ask for outrageous things, then it might seem that you're just discontent. Maybe that you're greedy. Maybe that you're unhappy with the things that he's already given you. You know, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I don't ever look at my granddaughter and say, what a greedy little creature you are when she hands me this picture book of everything that she wants for Christmas. You know, she goes through the catalog, she cuts them out, she pastes them on a little piece of construction paper, actually numbers them, number one, two, three, four, (laughs) which one she wants. I don't look at her and say, what a greedy little child you are. What I look at instead is the idea that she looks at me and she sees that I love her so much and she knows that I desire to give her as much as I could possibly ever give her. That's what she sees. And that's what I love. I love the fact that she knows I love her so much that I would give her the world if I could. It's how God looks at you. It's how God looks at you. He would give you the world if he could give it to you because he loves you so much. Granted, things need to fall in place. And we have to ask for those things that please him. But you know, the thing is, our, we, our needs and our wants kind of change over time once we start to follow him. We kind of become more in tune with the things that God does want for us. Maybe you think that if you ask for things, you know, we, it couldn't possibly change the, the trajectory that he had planned for my life anyway. If I ask him for this, it's not going to change anything. You know, he's already got it all mapped out. Nothing can change things. It's that little cute phrase, prayer changes things. It truly does. You know, things can change. Things can go a different way if we really seek God on it. It isn't like your, your life is completely mapped out. This is it. This is it. He says, pray. Seek me. You'll find me. Ask and you'll receive. He says, you have not because you ask not. I hope this is convicting to you. I really do. I pray that this is convicting because I really think so many people are struggling out there. You're walking, you're, you're weary, you're burdened, you're stressed. And God's just saying, call me. I'm here to help you. Maybe it is that you think that you can just handle things on your own. Maybe you think, I don't need God's help. When John first became a believer, he would tell me, he'd say, which I really struggled with because he would say, I pray for big things, but I don't pray for the little things. You know, I can handle some things. I said, no, no, he wants to help you with everything. He wants to help you with all things. And we need his help for all things. You know, don't hold back your prayer because, I mean, God's waiting for you to just ask, but you don't do it. And over time, he got better. But I think what it is a lot of times we have that little 
root of pride inside ourselves that needs to be pulled out. You know, the idea that we can do things on our own, that we can accomplish, that we can maneuver, that we can change things, that we can do all these different things and we can change our circumstances instead of just a lot of times just letting God do the heavy lifting. You know, we sit there and just beat on something, trying to get it to work, and he's like, why are you working so hard? If you would have just asked me, I could have saved you hours and days and months and years of work had you just called out to me. Maybe your perception is that he's just a bad dad. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. Maybe your dad wasn't a good dad. He didn't listen to you. He didn't care. Maybe he was unwilling. Your dad wasn't willing to help you when you needed help. Well, I want you to know that wasn't the way that God wanted you to live. That's the, the curse of a fallen world. In his perfect world, is he's there to help us. All we have to do is call out his name. He's always willing to listen, always willing to help. Maybe it is you're like me. You know, whereas I don't really struggle asking God for things, maybe that is you. Maybe you do struggle with asking for God because you're afraid that if he doesn't give you something that you're going to feel that sting of rejection. You're going to feel as though he doesn't love you like he loves others because he answers their prayers, but he doesn't answer yours. So many years I had a friend that would tell me, will you pray this for me? Because God answers your prayers. He doesn't answer mine. I said, that's not how it works. It's not at all how it works. He wants you to call out to him. He wants you to ask. It isn't like my prayers are more effective. Your prayers can be effective too. He just wants you to ask instead of asking someone else to ask. I can assure you that God loves you. I think one of the most amazing things when I started reading the Bible is I started to realize the things that we could ask God for that, just like I say, weren't just the simple everyday things. The bigger things. The things that we want you to read. The reason why we tell you there's Bibles out there that are free, you can take one anytime you want. The reason why we want you to have it and put it in your daily life is because there's things and there's little clues, there's little nuggets of gold that are there for you. If you read them, you would see the things that you could ask for that could be given to you. Like I said, all those good things, those everyday things, but not just that, but bigger, better, huge, amazingly blessed things that he can give you, like wisdom. Did you know that, guys? I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of us out there could use a little bit more wisdom. But God says that he can give us wisdom if we ask. You know, when you're struggling, you don't know if you can get that test and you can figure it out, or you don't know you could pass that, that next, you know, exam to get a next job, or, or go on to in your schooling, or, you know, just even like wisdom in your relationships. He says if you need wisdom, you can ask him for it, and he'll give it to you. That's amazing. I'm going to tell you, I'm a lot less smart than I look. <laughs> I might look like I know stuff. I know nothing. Everything I've gotten, he's given me. And that's all. Just a little bit of wisdom has gone a long way, what God's given me. Well, that's very nice. Thank you. James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's not going to say, Who are you to ask me for wisdom? He's like, Ask me for wisdom. I will give it to you. I will... Move doors, change things. I will make things work out for you. You know, we don't know what to do in a situation. God says, just ask. He'll give us the knowledge. More than you could ever imagine. And he'll share it with you. One of the other things that the Bible says that we can ask for is we can ask for strength. Strength. You know, a lot of times we are tired. 
We're just tired. This world is a weary place. We work very hard. It takes a lot of effort to live this life. I'm one of those people when I read those, you know, Little House in the Prairie books, I'm like, oh, I'd love to go back to that time. It looks so simple. And then I think I have to beat my clothes on rocks. Hmm, maybe not so much. (laughs) Maybe uh, I do like to flip the light switch and have a little bit of uh, electricity. Thanks, Matt Cresto. Uh, It's nice to have an electrician around. We appreciate you. We're happy for people like that in our lives. But, you know, the the light and the candle every night you want to watch and and do something in your house at night, you know. It's nice to have that help, isn't it? But we can have strength. We can have strength. He says he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. You know, when you're weary and you're struggling, he says, I can give you a blast of strength and energy that you never expected if you need it. When you're tired, you say, God, I need strength to get through this day. He also says he's going to give us guidance. Guidance. You don't know which direction to go. You don't know which path to take. He says, ask him and he'll tell you which direction to go. That's the one thing you need to understand is that God's never going to lead you astray. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You ask the people around you which direction you should go. You can ask for their help. But a lot of times what happens in our relationships is there's a little selfish motivation If I say that they should do something like this, how is it going to affect me? Do I really want what's best for them? Or is there some little part of my brain thinking, well, if they do this, it's more helpful to me. God never has selfish ambition. It's always selfless. It's always your best plan for you. It never has to be second thought or second guessed. It's, it's, if he tells you something, it's that's the direction to go. That's the way to follow. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, this is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Now, some of us love to follow our hearts. Well, our hearts can be very deceptive. Our hearts can tell us things that we don't always really you know, believe. We just kind of like get lost in something, a feeling or an emotion. And a lot of times we don't really seek God instead. He also tells us that what we should do is we should ask for more confidence and courage. You know, I think a lot of us need to walk around more confident and have to have that courage to get through our, our tough lives. And he says that we can do that. We can ask for more courage. When you're faced in a situation, you don't know what to do, and you think, how am I going to get through this? He says, just ask. Just say, I need more courage to get through this day. I need more confidence when I go talk to the boss and I ask for a raise. I need more confidence when I have this really tough relationship problem that I have with my spouse that I need to go in and address. I need to have that confidence. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Joshua 1.9 says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is such a comfort to me to know that God is with me wherever I go. The Bible says it doesn't matter if you go to the highest mountains, God is there. If you go down to the depths of the ocean, God is there. You can't go anywhere where God isn't. That should give us so much comfort to know that God is with us. That confidence should be us in our, in our persona. It should go before us to know that we never have to worry about being alone and taken advantage of. When we're in a fearful situation, to call in the name of Jesus should give us confidence. 
that the Bible says that all we have to do is call out Jesus' name, and at that, the enemy will flee. The enemy flees from us. That confidence is amazing. To think that if someone come in and wanted to harm me, I could call out the name Jesus. You know what? It's all in his hands. But I truly believe he will do everything he can to help me and protect me and get me through a trial. One of the biggest things that I learned that I could ask for, and I kind of alluded to it at the beginning, is we can actually ask for favor. Favor. You know, when you do have that interview with a job, when you're meeting somebody for the first time, when you, you know, maybe you're going on a date and you're like, could this be the one? Actually, it needs to be the two, but whatever. But when you meet that person, God can actually give you favor with them. I can tell you that I had prayed that for my kids early on when I became a believer. I was, I was 28. I think Shelby was eight, and Cameron was five when I became a believer. And early on when I started to read the Bible, I realized that I could ask God to give my kids favor, that they could be blessed that when they meet people, that people would see them, love them, want to open doors for them. And I can tell you it's happened over and over and over again for them. I've seen favor happen through Acts Church. When we started doing Hometown Halloween, it was the very first year that they did it, eight years ago, we had an opportunity to go help them. That's favor of God. That we actually were a brand new church and we got to go into a, a community and actually help them lead their whole event. What favor that is. God has so much favor he wants to bestow on you. He wants to bless you with, and you know what? You're not getting it because you're not asking for it. He wants to give you so much more. You know, they, well, there's an old saying, it's, it's called the favor of God is walking in the fog. You know, walking in the fog, favor of God. You guys should be out there walking in the fog, and instead you're not. Instead you're just out there lost and wandering. You're not making it. I don't understand why we don't ask God. I don't get it. I don't get it. All I can figure is that, honestly, you're not reading the word. Because if you're reading the word, you're going to know these things. And you're going to think, why am I working so hard? Why do I keep using this dull axe to chop down this tree? Why am I not using the weapons and the the sharpening of God to sharpen that axe to help me through this life? I can tell you, we beg you, we beg you, we plead with you, please read your Bible. Read your Bible. It is amazing what it could do for you in your faith. It's amazing what it could do for the people around you, those that, that you love, how it could change their situations. The one of the things that I've noticed about us at Acts, and this is just truly what's on my heart, I can tell you, it really disappoints me and kind of hurts that there's a lot of you out there that are hurting. There's a lot of you out there that are struggling. You're in pain. You're going through tough times. And you don't come up and you don't ask for prayer. just breaks my heart. There's people that I watch their marriages just fall apart fall apart. Literally, they're already getting divorced, and we had no clue because they never came up and they never asked us for prayer. They never said, I'm going through this tough time. Can you pray for us? We're struggling here. There's people that have literally had to go and declare bankruptcy because they never said, can you help us? Can you help us? Can you ask God 
for help in this situation with us? Can you agree in prayer with this situation? We've got to change this, people. I'm telling you. You've got to change it. When you're going through a tough time, you're not supposed to soldier on alone. We're here as a family for each other. If you come here, we're a family. We should be there for each other. If you don't go to me and Cameron or you don't go to someone in leadership, go to someone that you love and trust, that's your, of, of another believer in Christ, and ask them for prayer. But tell us also, tell us that you're going through something. We don't want to be like, you know, completely like sidelined and not know that you're going through these tough things. We want to know. But we're missing out on so many good things that God wants to give us. So many good things. We're not supposed to be doing this alone at all. And I think that's the, that's the uh, enemy that's blinded us to that. The enemy that blinded us to the idea that, you know what, you just keep it to yourself. Just keep it to yourself. You know, no one wants to hear your, your struggles. No, that's not, that's not true. That's the enemy lying to you. We need to be there for each other, and we need to lift each other up. You know, last week I went home after Cameron's last message. There's a lot of times I don't speak. Um, actually, I spoke more at the beginning of the year this year than the end and, and stuff because of the way I prefer to have Thanksgiving and Christmas, kind of like because I'm a mom. So it's just my way of doing stuff. I asked Cameron if he would please let me not speak as much towards the end. But, um, you know, last week I went home. We taught that last lesson on I Hate Religion. And I can tell you that I went home and I was physically exhausted. I went home and I said, I am so beat up. And I said to Cameron, and I know what it was. It was because, honestly, I felt like I was like Aaron holding Moses' arms up the whole time Cameron spoke for three weeks. I know that we fight the enemy. There's a battle that takes place. And I know that I called out to God so much, asking God to help people get rid of religion in their life, to get a real relationship, to help them come and fall in love with God. That's what I wanted so much. I told Cameron I was so physically exhausted that I felt like I had constantly was just pushing back evil for so long that I was so weary and so tired. You know what? God is so good. God is so good. He's there to answer our prayers. There's things that he has stopped that we don't even know he stopped. We live in this oblivion. There's so many things that you could have gone through. There's so many things that you struggles that you could have been going through, but God changed it before you even allowed to go through it. He deserves so much more gratefulness, doesn't he? You know, I struggle. I'm impatient. I get in that car and I want to go fast and I hate Illinois drivers. They're too slow. And they're always in the left lane and they don't understand they need to get over. And I just want to look at people and say, come on. There's nothing worse than when you just miss that, that green light because someone was going super slow in front of you. And you're like, <sighs> But you have to stop and think maybe there was a reason. And God brings that to my mind a lot. I am very imperfect, especially when it comes to driving. I'm a good driver. And I think everyone else is a bad driver. That's what I think. Anyway, I want to leave you with the idea that I really do want you to start thinking about asking God for things. It's just as simple as that. Ask for things. Ask for more. Ask for those great things that God can give you.
Join me in prayer. Lord, I just pray that today you would quicken people's minds and hearts, Lord, that they would go through a tough time. Their first thought would be you, that they wouldn't think about what they have to do, but, Lord, ask you for help. I pray that you would change it. I also pray, Lord God, that you would just help people, Lord God, just to understand that we are a family here, that we don't look at somebody and think that we don't want to help them, that we're here for them, that we're here to to lift them up, to hold evil back in their lives, to help them go through struggles and trials. I just pray that you would help us, Lord God, be changed today. Change our minds, change our hearts, change our spirits to become more and more dependent on you. We love you. And we thank you for all things in Jesus' name.